Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For this morning, we have gathered in your presence to learn of your feet again. We give you all the glory and praise. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we have given thanks. Give Jesus a big hand and please take your seat. Hallelujah. I want to bless the name of the Lord for giving me this privilege to come bring this short word to you this morning as a form of charge towards our towards carrying out our primary duty on the earth, which is to ensure that the purposes of God is established. I thank him for this privilege, and I equally want to thank his servant for giving me this honor to be here this morning to talk to us this morning, because if he has not given me the privilege, then I wouldn't have been here this morning. I want to thank him. Thank you very much, sir, for this great privilege. Hallelujah. It's an honor, and I don't take it for granted. This morning, I want us to be looking at engaging the wisdom from above for effectiveness on the harvest field. Hallelujah. Now, as it's obvious to everyone who knows and what we represent, that we are always on the go for the establishment of the purposes and agenda of Christ for humanity. So people that see us now, I don't know, even though they are tired of us, but the truth of the matter is that they shouldn't get tired now because they will keep seeing us. Not because we are doing it as a church, but because we are doing it as an agenda of heaven. So don't get weary because you're not representing the church, you're representing heaven. So one thing we should understand is that an attack on us is an attack to heaven. Because why? We are representing heaven. So anybody that attacks attack any one of us going out for Christ is attacking heaven because we are not of ourselves. In John chapter 3 verse 31, the Bible said, the wisdom that come that the, 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 he that cometh from above is up, is above. So you should not be found around the things of the earthly. Now there is no criticism or um, 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 weariness in heaven. So you are not an earthly person. So don't whenever you are criticized, don't think that it's you because why you are from above and there's no criticism in heaven. I learned this thing and that thing changed my life. That whenever anybody criticizes me, <laughs> it's not my business. Because why? The Bible said I am from above. And above, I only receive criticism from above that should get me discouraged. But heaven can't criticize me. So when criticism comes from the earth, I say, okay, these are the earthly things. So it's not my business. Because the Bible has clearly stated that he that is from above is above all. And he that is earthly is found around the earthly things. So you won't go back and say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I will not walk again for Jesus. I'm not, I'm not doing that church after all what is happening. And equally, it should equally come to your notice that I'm not even bothered about what is happening. Oh, because I won't say, oh, this thing is not working. Then uh, the, the blessings I desire is not coming forth. So I won't go out. Hey, it's wrong. Because why? Those are early things too. The, the, the cars are your dying and everything. And here, when you go to heaven, you go and join your father and you're celebrating God. So I am not moved by the things of this earth because why? I am not the earthly being. Have you not read in your Bible that ye have been transmitted to the kingdom of light? Where there is no darkness. So, blessings of the things of your stewardship or not, I am serving him because what? I am from the heavenly. I'm from the heavenly. Now, until you have this basic understanding, you will know that you are going with the light, irrespective of whatever is happening. Oh, you are not bothered. You are not bothered. You are not bothered. You are not bothered at all. You are so encouraged. Now, let me even clearly state this that it will even make you go outside of the jurisdiction of the church. 
it will become a lifestyle to you. <laughs> I called two ladies some days back and I was talking to them about a business I want them to do because I want them, because of my business, I was talking to them. And after I finished talking to them about my business, I diverted to the gospel. Because it's a lifestyle. I didn't even have to invite them to church. I first have to invite them to Christ. They are the ones that say, ah, pastor, I want to come to your church. So it's just a lifestyle that you live. Even as a business person, you represent Christ. The agenda of Christ in your business. Shout hallelujah. Why do I say so? God wants all men saved. The only person or people that are actually set for damnation is Satan and his cohort, the devil, and his agents. No, not even his agent, because his agent now, he can use bodily form. Satan and the fallen angels, the one that came down. Now, those are the ones that have been established as explaining Jude that they are for eternal damnation. That they are waiting for the day of their final judgment. But outside of them, God wants them. See, the Babalawo and the native doctor, and what have you, God wants them safe. God wants them safe. So if God's agenda is to see them safe, you, as a child of God, is to leave that agenda. You have to leave that agenda. There's categorically two things that God said that can make everything work together for our good. Number one, you must love him. Number two, that you must cut according to his. I love the way that Bible put it. The Bible knows you must cut according to purpose. Because we all have purpose. You must be cut according to his purpose. So it's not what you want. It's what he wants. Many of us run to him with what we want. No, it's we run to him with what he wants. According to his purpose. Not our purpose. Because we all have purpose. And as I said, the purpose of God to all humanity is universal. It is the methodology that differs. Maybe you want to be a doctor. God may not have a problem with that. But the purpose for you being a doctor is that all men should be safe. So our methodology may differ, but his purpose is universal. Shout hallelujah. Equally, God doesn't just want all men saved. God wants every city taken for the kingdom. Every city taken for the kingdom. Now, when the Bible is talking about the kingdom here, it simply means that God wants every city to come under the ideology and influence of Christ. Take, for instance, here we can say that it's under the influence of Christ. But can you say Sambisa Forest is under the influence of Christ? Although God is there, but God is not on influence, is not there. Because why? The people are being running with a particular kind of ideology that does not pattern with the systems of the kingdom. So that's what it means that God wants all kingdoms. And do you know what that simply means? It means that it gives the, the future posterity. Today we see our children, our younger children, our youth, our teenagers, taking pride in not going to church. That's because of why? The kingdom, environmental influence, cultural differences. So God wants every kingdom, every institution, even the university, the education, the economy, all that. And that can only happen when we take responsibility. Every act of irresponsibility from us puts God at a disadvantage over the systems of the earth. Because why? God can never come down. The Bible says, and God came down, but he came down through the phone of Moses. So today, God is coming down through our phone. And many of us are still enjoying ourselves. Then, oh, no, I don't want to do that. 
No, you must say bye-bye to pleasure today. If you want to live this kingdom life and establish the purpose of God, you must say bye-bye to pleasure. You must put a demand on your body to carry a divine agenda. Shout hallelujah. But this morning we are looking at wisdom. Engaging the wisdom from above for effectiveness. So, it's one thing to place a responsibility on yourself to carry out this purpose. But it's an altogether another thing to carry out, carry out this purpose strategically. Strategically. This morning, I just heard something in my spirit and I just wrote it down. It doesn't have any business to do with it, but I want to say it because it's very important. Mediocrity is a state of the mind that is revealed through our lifestyle and our body. What that simply entails is the fact that most people that, let me just give you an instance, most people that dress naked so that they will be accepted is because they have their medicals. They feel that nobody will recognize them if they look beautiful, well covered. So the only way they could have been accepted is to go naked so that people can recognize them. Now that's high level of mediocrity. Why am I bringing this thing? It's applied to the kingdom. It's applied to the kingdom. When Paul was saying, I behave like a Jew when I get to the Jews, he, don't, he wasn't talking about having the characters of the Jews. No. Because that same Paul was the same person that was telling Peter, was um, angry with Peter. Why? Peter went to the, the, the Gentiles. And because he felt as at that point in time, they were not Christians as the Jews law. They feel that they are the Christians. He went to the Gentiles and he was trying to hide his Christianity. And Peter said, hey, he rebuked them. So don't deceive these people. Stand for the truth any day, any time. But Peter had a good intention. What was Peter's intention? He wanted the people to feel free around him. Now this is where I'm coming from. The wisdom from above is pure. The wisdom from above is true. The wisdom from above is sanctified. You don't need to be gimmicks or you don't need to do gimmicks to harvest these people to the kingdom. All you just need to do is to show these people love. Not to contemplate your faith. I told somebody one day that the conviction of God when that yesterday, today, and forever is the same. Although the patterns may change. In the days of Jesus, we have Jesus walking from one place to the other, preaching the gospel. Today now we have TV. Although we have TV, but that does not change the conviction that all men should be saved and all men should live a righteous life. So the wisdom from above is a wisdom that carries the conviction of God intact, then having a diversified pattern or method to achieve it. That's the wisdom we are talking about. So I don't need to go to a beer parlor and drink with them because I want to win them for Christ. I've missed the conviction of God. I only need to show them love in the beer parlor. That's the conviction of God. The wisdom equally is a... Now, let me equally state this. What we are going to give them is salvation, not judgment. So the wisdom of God is taking the salvation of God to people, not the judgment of God to people. Because God wants all men saved, not all men judged. It's when they die, they will be judged. So when you go there, you tell them, Jesus loves you. He wants the best for you. Irrespective of whatever you are doing, 
That's the wisdom. There's no extraordinary thing about it. It's just a simple life. We can only lead many to Christ by engaging the wisdom from above. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, we are meant to understand how this wisdom from above is. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, the last part of it says, He that winneth a soul is wise. Now, let me tell you equally. The Bible does not say, when you win a soul, you become wise. That scripture was not saying that. that when you become, so, wisdom is, a, is, is, is one of the benefits of soul winning. No. What the Bible is saying is that, for the fact that you win a soul, you have wisdom. Because why? It takes wisdom to win a soul. So, he that winneth a soul has wisdom. That's what it simply means. So, if you're waiting that, oh, I have to go out for soul winning to get wisdom as my benefit, you have already missed it. Because it takes wisdom to win soul. So, for you to be waiting for wisdom after you've won soul, makes that you're foolish. You can't win a soul. You can't win a soul outside of wisdom. You can't. So, it takes wisdom to win a soul. And that's what the Bible was trying to tell us. So, you need to understand this wisdom and that wisdom is prepared in your soul winning. Shout hallelujah. So we must understand that this wisdom is simply means having a strategy to win these people over to Christ with the conviction of Christ intact. Are you aware that when you go into the bank to preach, the strategy you use in the bank must be different from the strategy you use in the slum? If you go to the slum, and you want to go and preach in the slum, and you go and start telling them that, hey, you will die. May God help you that they don't bully you out of that place. And you can't go to the bank manager with slippers and with a torn shirt and go and say, God can give you prosperity. Are you reflecting the prosperity? Now, these things are very simple. And that's when you go to the harvest field, go with one message, the love of God. That's the wisdom. Is prosperity part of the gospel? Yes. There's the gospel of prosperity. In the slum, is judgment part of the gospel? Almost there, because at the end of the day, they all will be judged. But God has not given you the mandate. And that's why when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be a judge. We receive it to be what? A witness. Shout hallelujah. So go and witness Christ. And who is Christ? Love. So go and witness love. Lastly, the wisdom from above is accessible through meditation in the word of the, the word of God, among other things. So if you must have this wisdom, then be a friend to the world. Oh, anyone that does not stay in the world, don't bother, don't bother, don't bother, you can't have it. Because why? This wisdom is reflected by you staying in the world. Remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, we are meant to understand, we all behold him as in a glass and are changed into that image of what we have beholded. What does it mean to behold? To see. And we didn't end there. Because we have beheld already, we now move from glory from that we behold to another level of glory to another level of glory. So from your the beginning part of your glory is first beholding before your path shine brighter and brighter. Give Jesus a big hand. Rise up to your feet. Also make a